to me. Live from the Twin Cities, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. All right, and welcome to episode 296 of The Dave's I Know, uh, the slightly late edition. Um, thank you, everybody, for allowing us a, a, a laboring day uh, or a day of uh, less labor, I guess, um, as, the, as the holiday should be um, celebrated by everybody, um, which also sucks because it's, it's I don't know, I shouldn't probably not get started on the history of Labor Day. So I have my regular crew here with us. Um, jo- uh, MJ, how are you doing, bud? I'm great. Um, I'm especially great um, now that I've I've finally digested all that food we ate. So, <laughs> who's this we? Yeah, I was gonna say that's I, a very good point. Yes, that might be that, when we were capped the Colorado Rapids game. That might just be the second half uh, review. Is basically just the food that you ate. So, um, yeah, MJ, if you don't if you don't follow MJ on, on Twitter, he did he gave a very uh, thorough breakdown of the um, accoutrements and food at the in the upper 90 club uh from last wednesday so and fellow uh dave who was at that match as well jess how are you doing jess i am well i got good news today moving on to the final round of one um position i applied for so yay woo! awesome very cool uh all right well let's jump in um we have a, two games to talk about. One, there's probably, I mean, there's one, they both don't have a ton to talk about in terms of, like, how interesting they were um, other than the Minnesota scored and goals in the first one. So Colorado was last Wednesday, actually a week from when we're recording right now. Um, Minnesota United won 3 to nothing. They did that with a uh, first-half penalty from Reynoso, a uh, 28-minute goal, uh, and the brace from Reynoso, which tied him up with um, Robin Lude for most, MLS goals in Minnesota United FC uh, history, and then a 43rd minute goal from Puki. Um, I'll just go to you, MJ. Which of these goals do you want to talk about first? They're all they're all good in their own in their own regards. So which, I'll let you start with the which goal you want to talk about first. You don't want to go in them in chronological order. Uh, it's it's been a week. I don't think we need to do that. <laughs> okay, take uh, whichever well, one you want to talk about. Well, I want to talk about the the, the Puki goal. Yeah. Like, uh, go for it. So, yeah, like, it, it was just a great central run from him. And if I remember right, and then, and then, uh, uh, wasn't it Reynoso that fed, fed him the ball? It was, it was Reynoso that fed the ball to, um, Ismail Tajuri Shradi, oh, right? Who then fed it to a brilliant ball to Puki. Um, you're thinking of the, you're thinking yeah. of, the San Jose Earthquakes game when Reynoso fed Buki. We'll talk about that one in a minute. But yeah, it was, I, it no, was, no. Yeah. Uh, I just want to say, you and I both thought uh, Tajuri Shradi should have started. He started. Um, I think I was more correct on predicting that he was going to start a wing, but you weren't wrong because you said, well, if Reynoso doesn't start, um, you had some caveats and, and more complications in your in your prediction. But we thought he should start, and boy, did he play well. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I thought Reynoso shouldn't start in this game, um, and he scored a brace. It was uh, player of the match day for MOS, so what the fuck do I know about soccer? So, um, Yeah. Jess, do you have a particular goal that you want to talk about? or? Um... Well, I was just fucking relieved that Pookie finally put something away. I don't know if he's done that before yet. Obviously, it was irremarkable if he has, in my mind. Um, so it was nice to just see him close, you know, like do, do the damn thing. And yeah. it made me feel more positive towards him. Like, okay, maybe he won't always be just one beat behind. 
Yeah. Um, also, also, I'll just take the, the, the Reynoso goals. Um, the penalty in the 18th minute, that was a, a pretty well-deserved penalty. It kind of came against the run of play as Colorado came out and played pretty well in the first five to ten minutes of this game. Um, and Minnesota finally eventually settled down. Uh, 16th minute, Reynoso's taken down um, just inside the box. It is, it's a clear-cut penalty. And then he, of course, buries it, as Reynoso is wont to do. Go ahead, MJ. He got, the foul started outside the box. By the time Reynoso finally went down, he was inside the box. I've seen far all penalties off for that. But, yeah, it was a clear foul. All, yes. Like, the guy had, it was like yeah. rugby. You know? it, was, it was either penalty or, or dog show in that, in that regard. So, I guess they probably prefer ah, penalty. Okay. Than dog so um, as someone who had to deal with that a couple weeks ago with Liverpool and, and Virgil Van Dyke. So on uh, the twenty eighth minute, actually that is like a, a typical Reynoso goal, right? Is uh, Israel um, Ismail Dejuri Shradi uh, takes a shot from distance, um, bounces off a uh, Ilicic is not able to control it, and Reynoso just pounces on the ball and scores, um, finishing, and that gives Reynoso his brace for the for the match. So I think all three, and then by this point, Minnesota's. In firm control, the, the goal from Pookie put the game out of reach, and then Minnesota was basically on just cruise control for the rest of the game. Um, this is a game they finished with over over 50% possession again uh, for the second match in a row, I believe, 55%. Um, Colorado never really threatened after those first like sort of five to seven minutes of the opening part of the match. Um, it's and then as we'll talk, we we not going to talk about it, but Robin Frazier is relieved of, of his managerial duties uh, a game a game later after this game. So not after oh. this game, but the next after the next game. So um, Colorado's really fucking bad. <laughs> yeah, mean, they are. If you lose the loons, you're you're bad, right? You're you're really bad, right? If you if you lose Adrian Heath, I mean that's Unless... that's a stain on your record. <laughs> I mean, we have our moments. Pre-pandemic moments um, that I remember. I apologize. I did not put this in the notes for extra time, but I just wanted to say that did anyone notice how loose Minnesota was playing with defense? Like they knew they were playing the bottom team of the table that was struggling to score. And they're like, mm -hmm. you don't need to play fucking defense. The marking was horrible. People would track back, but it was always like, yeah, we're gonna do something aggressively and stupid because we're going to be able to track back and catch up to you guys. You guys don't know what you're fucking doing. Um, but I'll just shout out to my boss at, at Soda Soccer. I think Jeremy Rushing pointed that out at halftime that they were, you know, had they been playing against a better team, like their defense in the defensive third was not that great, but it didn't need to be. Right. Uh, and DJ Taylor gets a yellow card, which means he's suspended for the uh, San Jose Earthquakes match that happened on the weekend. So, um, so yeah, I, I think that is part of the part of your point, MJ. So, um, is there anything else from this game? I mean, this, this game was pretty much in control from the once they scored that second goal for sure, and even before that, really. I don't think once Minnesota scored, I don't think anybody anybody in the stadium really expected Colorado to get anything from this game. Um, MJ, did you want to give a couple of uh, highlights or lowlights from the from the buffet on on Wednesday, and then people can you can direct people to your Twitter handle if they want your full whatever yeah. like what 20 uh, 20 20 tweet thread uh yeah. breakdown um the best part about that very long you know twitter thread is that um i was finally able to go into detail with my issues with the nacho bar and that's not the same details that wes would have with that nacho bar because wes just hates nachos uh, salad and chips and cheese he does he does not like um nachos he thinks they're, they're a glorified well, uh, Wes is also an idiot so there's that taco. um anyway i i'll well, not be labor the wrong nacho about something i guess yeah. nachos is the worst thing for Wes to be wrong about <laughs> yeah i won't belabor my nacho bar takes i will say the best thing there was this spicy cashew chicken with broccoli it was great stir fry it had spice it was not minnesota spice friendly although if you were Minnesotan and didn't like spice, it wasn't gonna knock your socks off or make you just need a bunch of water. It was just at a very nice, hot spice level. And uh, the worst was their vegetarian dish, which was like them just like, oh, what do we have around to make a vegetarian dish? We have couscous, we have some 
uh, like low moisture mozzarella, not fresh mozzarella, like some shredded mozzarella and some tomatoes. And they decided to make what they call a caprese couscous. And it was absolutely horseshit. I mean, not literally, but figuratively horseshit. So thanks to uh, Christian Fitchett um, and Hot Clouds, um, beggars can be choosers, according to MJ, um, as he rips the vegetarian option for Minnesota United. So, uh, all right. Any anything else from At this game? At least he maintains his pick. <laughs> That's true. I yes, there there's that. Anything else from this game, or, or should we jump over to Jess's uh, post match hot or not review? No? Okay. All right, Jess, all right. take it away. It's all you. It's all you. Not hot, not not, but warm and fuzzy was being at the match with my Dave bros and hoes. Uh, I guess that's me. Anyway, always delightful experience. And many thanks to Christian slash Hop Clouds, a.k.a. that's his um, other identity Thank you for making it possible. Cool. Yeah. Uh, all right. Then we had a game like followed up that match on Saturday night. Uh, late one because their loons were out in San Jose. Uh, and they drew with the Earthquakes one to one. Uh, the goals in this game came early. Um, Minnesota had a, the opening goal in the fourth minute with a brilliant, I think this is the one you were thinking of, MJ, the brilliant Pookie goal with a, just an absolutely gorgeous ball from Reynoso over the top. Um, San Jose equalized in the 16th minute with uh, from Cade Powell, um, assisted by Jackson Ewell, Minnesota kid, and it was from a corner, which has been a, a bane of our existence here. In the second half, there was a 60th minute pookie goal that was overturned by for some goddamn reason uh, that no one could figure out how or why, uh, and that means the game ends one to one. This one was a lot. I mean, for a for a one-one game, this was actually pretty back and forth. Um, lots of both teams had lots of opportunities. Christian Espinosa, especially um, after San Jose scored, uh, they really turned it on and was going for the win. I think this one is, you know, we talk about draws that feel like wins and draws that feel like losses. This is a probably more of a draw that feels like a win because definitely felt or it, simultaneously a win and a loss because it, you know we had that pookie go overturn, but simultaneously um, San Jose had a couple of VAR shouts. And uh, Dane St. Clair to make some pretty big saves. So, um, MJ, what are your, your takeaways from this one? Oh, that one, I wanted to point out that first uh, Pookie goal started way back with uh, Josef Rosales um, just doing some great defensive work and clearing that to not someone wearing black and blue, but, you know, someone wearing a nice you know, Northern Lights kit, you know, someone that was wearing our colors. And that's how, uh, that's how Reynoso was able to, to get a hold of the ball. So hats off to Rosales, um, showing that he can also play like Dotson, multiple positions, uh, slotting in at left back there. And I thought that was really, really cool. And the other thing is, as we kind of predicted, uh, like Cade Cowell, Jackson Ewell, Espinoza kind of made us look stupid, but Ibobasi did not make us look stupid. Uh, I thought we contained. I thought the defense contained him really, really well. Yeah, I would agree. Um, the uh, I don't. Know, there's been a problem. A, a ton of ink spilt about the the VAR call. Um, I know <laughs> Inchi was very upset about it afterwards. So it's shoulder, right? It has if, to be shoulder. If you don't remember, if you don't remember it, yeah, there's there's a ball. It's a it's a it's a actually a Jackson Ewell. Um, takes the ball out of the air and kind of kicks it. It hits what appears to be in, in every single um, stop, every single free frame of it, but also like in the actual run of play, appears to hit the, sh the top of like uh, Reynoso's shoulder. Obviously, you know, he kind of like chests it down to himself and then it passes to Puki. Puki is able to go in and, and score the goal. Um, it was originally ruled a goal by the referee. None of the San Jose players complained about it. No one like Put yeah, up their it wasn't hand, even questionable. And and everybody's going back to the center circle, and then all of a sudden, it gets they get a call. The the VR the referee gets a call from VR, basically like you should go look at it, and then looks at it for about three minutes before um 
before he that comes out and, and clear and obvious. If it took and, you three minutes, it's yes, not clear and obvious. Yes. And that was and that was Adrian Heath's point as well. And and I think that was everybody's point. I mean, I was watching it here at the Black Art after the uh, home study show I went to on Saturday night, and it was um, everybody's just kind of couldn't figure out what the hell was going on. That it was called a a penalty, um, or not a penalty, but a, a handball on Reynoso. So um, we haven't heard, I haven't heard anything from MLS referees about that. I don't know if anybody asked uh, specifically about that, but um, yeah, it was a very it was a very interesting and weird call from the uh, uh, pro referees. Um, okay, yeah, I mean the other just other news from this game. Um, Michael Boxel made the MLS Team of the Week bench for this round of matches. He played a really good game, um, pretty well deserved since he has been playing really well. Since the um, since the league's cup, um, and uh, you know, I know there's concern about him maybe be losing a step or two. I mean, it's happens with all central defenders at some point. But uh, yeah, Michael Box has been on a really good run of form the last few matches. So go ahead, MJ. Uh, flashback to four years ago when Michael Boxall, under the crazy Matias Almeida man marking system, is allowed to gallivant all the way down the pitch then gives and goes with a defender. Like, he tries to pass it to a loon, misses it, hits instead the insole, I believe, of a defender who passes it right back to him. <laughs> and, and he goes in and scores. Um, and, and that put us up 2-1 at the time, uh, Darwin Pantero with the other goal. But, like, Boxel just tends to play really, really well against San Jose. I think he has another San Jose goal against San Jose. This time, uh, not so much on the offense, more just doing the defensive dirty work, but well-deserved from him. Yep, I believe so as well. So, okay. So after that game, uh, that leaves. So Minnesota and San Jose were are basically neck and neck in the playoffs. Uh, Minnesota currently sitting in seventh, San Jose in eighth, both on 36 points. Um, Minnesota is um, – Technically in seventh with um, a better goal differential than San Jose. Um, you have a game in hand on, on the few teams ahead of them. Um, depending on how things go this weekend, Minnesota could, be, could end the, the um, weekend as high as fifth um, or as in as uh, uh, low as tenth place. So that is the, um, the variance that Minnesota is working with here for the rest of the year. And considering we have home matches every Saturday here um, for, the rest of the, for the rest of the month, we have to really take advantage of that really take advantage of that fact. So, and they're all against teams that we need to beat as well. So, um, all right, let's move on. Um, briefly talk Minnesota United FC two. Uh, they won a, looks like a hell of a match, um, this week against, uh, the San Jose earthquakes two. uh, two, two, uh, was the result in, in, in regular time. And then, uh, they get the extra point winning nine to eight in penalties. So I don't know what happened in this game, but, uh, that's a lot of penalties. So, um, did either of you guys, MJ, did you get out to the, the twos game or? I did not. Probably not. Uh, yeah. Uh, I was uh, covering the Gophers. Oh, that's right. Yeah. We'll talk about that. So in a minute, so. Kind of at the same time. So yeah, I was busy at uh, another local soccer match. Cool. Uh, well, let's jump in then to other United news. Um, as you mentioned, you mentioned uh, Joseph Rosales. Uh, he's getting called up to international duty. Um, there's three loons called up for international duty. Song Bin Zhang um, is going to, sorry, Song Bin Zhang, not Bing. Um, Song Bin Zhang is going to the South Korean U23 team. I don't know what competition they are qualifying for. Maybe um, maybe an Afghan competition, I would assume. Uh, team Upuki, um is going to play with Finland. Uh, they are playing in Euro qualification. Uh, Thursday, if you're listening to this this morning, uh, against Kazakhstan at 9 a.m., uh, then Sunday against Denmark um, at 11 a.m., and then Rosales will be going to play for Honduras in Nations League matches uh, this coming Friday versus Jamaica, and then Tuesday versus Granada. Um, a little light on the Korean U23 team is there's probably a AFC tournament coming up for that team, but more importantly, there's this thing happening next summer called the Olympics. Oh, is this this is a is this a Olympic call, uh, call up then? Do you think more than likely, or I'm thinking they're an AFC one. Him. I think okay. this is his. I think this is since he's young and since he hasn't had a lot of national team time, I'm thinking this is his tryout for the Olympics next year. So 
like regardless okay. of whatever friendlies or, or competitive matches that they're still playing, like if he if he shows well, he makes the Olympic. Okay. Big, big cool. Yeah, it didn't even occur to me that he'd be that, that there'd be some Euro or some Olympic um qualification, not Olympic qualification, but Olympic um training camps. So, so cool. Um, Jess, you have a question. Yeah. So, how long are these guys being called up for, and when do they come back to be loons? Um, all of the international breaks are slightly different. Most of them during the season are about ten days, where they're like okay. they're they require or if they're called up, they're required to be allowed to play with their international teams. Um, some. The MLS is weird because MLS plays through international breaks. Most um, major professional leagues do not play during international breaks. Like so, all the all of the leagues and all of the like the the first division leagues in Europe, um, and EPL, Bundesliga, um, even like Bundesliga Thai, um, you know, Spain, uh, you know, La Liga, um, Syria, they don't play during international breaks. So that they basically their teams don't play. So. MLS is weird in that it forces its teams to play through these breaks, um, which is why some teams take they use the use one of these weeks as their bye week. Um, they have a lot of uh, international players, so and then it's weird too because some teams like US is playing international uh, matches this week. We'll talk a little bit about that, but like they're just friendlies; they don't mean anything. Like Timu Puki is going to play in a, uh, qual a qualification tournament to get into the Euros for 2024 which is something that's super important for them. You know, Rosales is playing Nations League. That's a that's an actually, like, competitive game, whereas the U.S. is playing friendlies, so. Okay. Yep. Uh, all right. The more you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then finally, um, some slightly more news came out in Caden Clark. We talked a little bit about him last week. Um, it sounds like he, he – so he was officially loaned to a Danish second division side for – half the year until January. Um, so it basically sounds like he is signing a contract um, with Minnesota United, um, either with maybe a very small transfer fee or uh, in the winter, um, our RB Leipzig will release him from his contract. Doesn't look like this is going to be a loan. I know a couple other podcasts mentioned that this essentially would be a loan. King Clark, for those who don't remember, was technically um, a Minnesota United player, but had signed a contract in the Red Bull two team on the Red Bull system. Um, so we sold his rights as an MLF player for like $75,000 in GAM and some other stuff. Um, and then he signed with Red Bull, um, played with their first team for a little bit, then was bought by um, RB Leipzig in Germany, who then loaned him back to Red Bulls for like half a season. And he never really got any time with the, with the team in Germany, uh, RB Leipzig. And they decided, I think, basically to cut bait. Um, he had been training up here in Minnesota um, before the end of the transfer window. There was hope that he might they might be able to get him transferred in, but it just didn't work out. So it sounds like, based on everything, I've, I understand it, that this is basically, there's no formal agreement, you know, nothing in, in writing, but basically like a handshake agreement saying that in January, they're going to either, yeah, they're, they're going to transfer his, his rights to Minnesota. Um, they're going to cut bait. He can sign a contract to Minnesota. Basically, it sounds like Minnesota will have his rights, and it will be not a loan, but an actual uh, actual signing of his MLS rights. So, MJ, do you hear anything different or any other or any questions on that? I'm shocked about this, but, you know, MJ Anon, you know, parlor is just going nuts with this, and they think that there is some video of him that got leaked out of him like drinking Red Bull or Red Bull vodka and he's super drunk and then he throws the can down of Red Bull and stomps on I was like I hate this shit and somehow uh, that yeah. got leaked Aust Austrian energy drink corporate saw it and they're like he can't play for any of our teams anymore that's what they're going with none of the None of the MJ non people speak a lick of German, of Austrian German, but man, they are they are trying their best to like hone in on why this is happening. Should it be that he rolled up and he rolled up to the uh, to training with like a monster drink and like a mo like one of those monster cars or whatever? Not uh, not that he, he smashed a Red Bull can, truck. yeah, like a monster truck that just says monster on it with like 
a big like case of monster drinks or something you brought him for the team shouldn't that be the mj in a theory I, uh, maybe i'm making that you know it's a leaving a little too strong for you guys all right mj one salute hit us yeah uh so i want to just give a shout out to my soda soccer colleague dominic jose bizonio uh, he came out with two one saloon uh, related news items. First, uh, Brooklyn Park's own Ismaila Jome, former Prairie Seeds Academy, former Minnesota United player. Uh, he has been called up to international duty, uh, duty for the Gambia. Um, and uh, he has been playing for San Antonio FC, uh, has two assists um, in 13 appearances. So good for good for Jome. Um, nice to see him just continuing doing the things he loves and getting some international recognition for it. And then finally out from hiding after playing only with uh, Madagascar and training with some other like unsigned footballers, Roman Metnier uh, signs a contract with RFC Searing in the Challenge Pro Cup. That's the second division in Belgium. And uh, they are in the second division, but they just got relegated from the Belgian top division last year. So congrats to Roman Netanier. Nice to yeah. see him land on his feet um, and earn the dough. Awesome. Very cool. Love that. Go Netanier. Go. <laughs> All right. Well, let's just, let's just power through here. Um, you mentioned go for soccer earlier, MJ. Um, regale us with some, some go for soccer uh, knowledge. So this past week, they played nationally ranked Georgia, and they drew them 0-0. Megan Plashko had a hell of a game, lots of saves, um, just an impressive clean sheet, good defense for the Gophers. Um, Minnesota Aurora player Yelena Zabilich is not playing wing for them. She's playing fullback. So uh, if you have not seen what she can do from the back four position, get out and watch a Gopher game. It's super fun. Um, but yeah, that back line, uh, Abby Franson, uh, trying to think who else, uh, that they just are so tight and so good. Um, really good improvement from them against uh, a nationally ranked opponent for zero zero. And then they come back and they play the University of St. Thomas in the first official game, not friendly, not practice, not scrimmage, not behind closed doors, whatever. The first official NCAA competition between the Gophers and the Tommies. Five nothing Gopher dominance. Five nothing. Sophia Bowman had a hat trick. Um, again, Flashko with with another clean sheet. And I just want to shout out there's um the US the St. Thomas goalkeeper Olivia Rowe played out of her mind. She it was only one nothing at half. She kept them in it. She saved a penalty kick in this in the second half. She saved several other shots and grabbed other ball balls and crosses in there. The Gophers dominated possession, dominated chances, and Olivia Rowe really really looked good. Um, and because she looked good, that meant Aurora uh, goalkeeper and St. Thomas backup uh, Olivia Grutman could uh, did not uh, get into the game. There's too many Olivias, but um, there was some fun since there's so many Minnesota Aurora connections. Um, head coach Nicole Lukic was there, board chair Andrea Yak was there, and then you know three players for St. Thomas: uh, Emma Fournier, Olivia Grutman, and Mariah Wynn that the Gophers contained very well. And then, as I said before, Yelena Zabilich for the Gophers. Uh, we're all present. They took some pictures in the press box. We had a little Gopher versus St. Thomas rivalry as well. Um, Olivia Putin, who's the sports information director director for both Aurora and the Gophers, was in the press box. Um, you wouldn't see her if you attended the game. She's behind the scenes in the press box, getting people stats, getting people lineups. Um, she's very good at her job. Thank you, Olivia. But uh, who should stop by the press box? But Rachel Pierce, who is a uh, game day operations manager for Aurora, um, someone that the Ravonta worked very closely with. And so it was nice of her to stop by. Uh, she is the uh, assistant uh, 
athletic director in charge of sporting events for St. Thomas. So just a little go for Tommy's rivalry, Aurora style. Um, I have pictures of some of this stuff on Twitter. Go check it out. Cool. Um, what do they have coming up? They play this Friday. And I want to say they play at Michigan. Okay. Does that sound? Are they doing like a uh, Michigan road trip? Michigan, Michigan State or something? Or Yes, but they're, they're like a week apart. Okay. Um, give me a moment to just pull up the schedule. Yeah, so they, they play at Michigan this Friday, and then they're home versus Michigan State the next Thursday. Okay, so just one game this weekend? And then, and then they're back at Iowa. So um, 6 p.m., Thursday, September 21st will be the next home game. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I'm get sorry. There. They're, they're they're at Creighton this Friday and at Michigan the next Friday, so they they got two okay. weeks of being away. So, please, when they're home, September twenty first, Thursday, come out, cheer on your your local women's soccer team. They're playing great right now. Cool. Uh, all right. Well, speaking of some of the Aurora connections, um, Tiana Harris officially signs a pro contract with FC. Uh, Fleury, 91, uh, who play in Division One uh, Feminine in France. Um, so that is super cool. Um, I don't, I'm not 100 sure where FC Fleury 91 are in the French table, um, but they that is a first division French team. Some there are some very good French um, players in that league. As you if you watch the Women's World Cup um, this past you know month and a half or so, um, you can see some of those really great players that are playing in the French division. So. Good on Tiana Harris. Um, I know this has been kind of like, I know I think I kind of alluded to this a couple weeks ago. It's been sort of like a, a unspoken secret, but officially signing that contract is super awesome. And I believe that league kicks off pretty soon. So, um, yeah. And then in the UEFA Women's Champions League, we had three Aurora alumni play the, play today. Cool. Uh, this morning, our our time, the evening for for those in Europe, but Mackenzie Langdock and uh, Abby Ostrom both played for the Serbian club, uh, I believe it's Spartak Subotica, and uh, they won. Mackenzie Langdock, in high school, played striker. In college, was converted to a fullback. Aurora. Aurora played mostly fullback, sometimes wing. Score goals wherever she's at. And she's playing the six. She's playing defensive midfielder. And she comes in cool. on when they're possessing the ball and scores the beauty of, of a simple goal. But the the clockwork nature of the passes and the cuts and the cycling of the team to get that goal was really beautiful. You can uh, – I posted – that did uh, equal time soccer posted that did so uh, yeah uh, really cool to see Abby Ostrom and Kenny Langdock get a win with uh, the city club Partak Subatica and then also Ariano Del Moro playing for the Maltese club Rukia Kara and uh, they won as well. Uh, Ari Delmore did not start. Uh, she came in in the 70th minute and then got an assist in like the 89th minute to get the win. So uh, good for some Aurora players playing overseas, earning that money, playing on contracts. It's nice to see them have similar successes so early in their careers. Yeah, that's really cool for anybody who's watching Aurora or any college or high school players or thinking about playing for Aurora. Like, you can play for Aurora and then go to a, literally a fucking Champions League team and score goals and, and get assists and get playing time. That's really – that's just that's a, just a really great uh, – um, I don't know, like uh, – validation of the product that what Aurora is doing so yeah it's it's so cool to see um keep track of people time soccer for those of you who don't follow them they're keeping track of of how these gals are doing in UEFA Women's Champions League 
it's a big fucking deal. Cool. Um, we should get um some of the we should get the Provaskis on here sometime to talk a little bit more about the yeah. all the all the other equal time soccer. I know you're working with them, MJ. I know Bridget has done stuff, and um, but all this, all the I was talking with um Matt on Saturday um after well those pre uh, sickos um we we're watching soccer here and he brought his computer to literally watch a uh, St. Cloud State versus uh, Northern Michigan match and like plug his screen his his laptop into the computer or into the into the TV so we can watch a, a SCSU uh, match and like yeah he's they're both very very knowledgeable about women's soccer in all of the upper Midwest I know you're very you're very highly focused on um, Minnesota, and you, I know you know you, the U of M. I know you know other players, but like those guys know players from D one to D three, which is really, which is really interesting. It's it's really amazing what what started as primarily as as a, a way to cover the Gophers and give the Gophers more press and just amplify what they're doing in the community, and it then turned into this obsession with where do Minnesota high school soccer players go for college later? They don't just stay in Minnesota. Some of them play for Minnesota schools. Some of them play for South Dakota schools. Some of them play for Wisconsin schools. Some of them are way out in California and so on. And, uh, you know, this year, Mark Provosky has been tracking, you know, every, you know, former Minnesota high school player and, and, and where they are in college, not just the seniors that graduated last year. We're talking every Minnesota high school player and where they're going. They do a very thorough job of it, um, covering uh, college soccer and, and tracking the Minnesotans and, and just trying to give you someone that you can cheer for and maybe in a game that you don't know about. So uh, they are helping, even like helping family members see video highlights of, of some of their daughter's games, you know, or, sisters or or their their games it's really really cool to see yeah 100 all right well let's move on what's um we got a couple more things to discuss here uh new england revolution are coming to town uh 7 30 p.m at Allianz field this coming saturday we do not have to worry about bruce arena because he is suspended um because apparently he said something he said a racial epithet against a mexican team in the league's cup no one is 100% sure what the hell went down there. Um, and there was a report that came out uh, yesterday, I believe, that basically said that they're about to clean house um, with the coaching staff. So who the hell knows what's going on with Revolution? Are there any particular players that we need to be looking out for um, that you can that you have on top of your mind, MJ? Uh, give me two minutes. <laughs> Not the answer I wanted. Um, so let's start. We, I can, I'll start with a couple of the guys that they're going to be out for um, international duty. Uh, Christian uh, McCoon, a uh, defender from Venezuela, is out. And uh, Noel Buck, a U19 um, English midfielder, apparently is out. I, I don't know who Buck is. Um, McCoon's been a pretty important part of the Revolution's defense this year so far. Um, he'll be playing with Venezuela in the... Um, uh, World Cup qualifiers for, for Venezuela. Okay, okay, so I will say on the defensive side, center back, former U.S. men's national team, Omar uh, Gonzalez plays for the Revolution. And on the attacking side, their uh, Argentinian wunderkind Gustavo Bo, um, who is usually very deadly. Um, I'll, I'll I'll point out those two players. Gustavo Bo is injured, so I don't think he'll be playing. Um, he's been out injured recently, so yeah, he'll be, he'll be out. Uh, so, yeah, mid September. Yeah, Carlos Gill is another one. Um, the uh, the most recent kid they brought in, uh, Tomas Tancale, is an Argentinian um, winger. He scored two goals in their match. Uh, this past week against um, Austin at home. Um, they drew 2-2 with Austin FC uh, on Saturday. So he's obviously a pretty important uh, part. Um, another name that might sound familiar is, is Hartz. This is Ian Hartz, 28-year-old. Um, I believe has gotten some U.S. youth international call-ups. Um, and then uh, um, 
Andrew Crow, Farrell's. What's that? Once a Crow, Brandon Bai. He's also out injured as well. Um, I think he tore. I think he tore his. Uh, I think he tore his ACL. He's out till yeah mid April of 2024. So um, they are dealing with some some injury issues. They also like are second place in the Eastern Conference right now. So they this is a team that has a lot of. Um, they don't have a ton of the of the major names. Um, the other name I'll, uh, no. that people might recognize, Ben Sweat, um, a another yep. left back, 32 years old, U.S. Uh, international player. Um, he played, I think, most recently with NYCFC. Um, that is why he might people might recognize his name. Um, and then um, the other one I'll, I'll sort of point out, um, Canadian Mark Anthony K in their midfield. Uh, he's a Canadian international. Um, pretty important for the Canadian uh, Canadian national team. Um, he's getting some run out with um, New England as well right now. So, anybody else I'm, I'm missing, Jess or MJ? Uh, you maybe already mentioned him, but uh, U.S. men's national team former striker Bobby Wood is on their roster, and uh, Ghanaian international Emmanuel Boateng uh, is is a winger that uh, just likes to wreak havoc. Yes, I did not mention um, Wood uh, or Boateng. Uh, Wood got some run out in the last game. He's more of a super sub at this point, but yeah, he oh, could yeah. definitely be dangerous. Definitely be dangerous for for New England. So he's thirty years old. You know, he's going to be a super sub. Yeah. That's... All right. So, what do we think? How do we, how do we think this game goes? What's uh, what's our result for for the Loons on Saturday? Jess, you've been quiet. You want to start? Sure. I mean, I don't feel super courageous like we're going to knock it out of the park. I feel like I feel like if we buckle down and our defense gets its shit together and our offense gets their shit together, we could pull off a draw. <laughs> I say All right. I, I say 1-1. One, one. Okay, 1-1 one, one draw. MJ, what you got? I was going to say the, the same thing except more goals, so I say 2-2 two, two draw. All right. Um, I think Minnesota has found their winning ways at home. I'm going to say 2-0 uh, Minnesota victory. Wow. Yeah. Suck it, assholes. We uh, hope you're right, Zeller. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, speaking of sucking it, assholes, the U.S. men's national team is back in action. Uh, they play this Saturday afternoon in St. Louis, and then Tuesday is the more important one um, at Allianz Field at 7.30. Are you guys planning on going to this game? I will not. I am. Well, I know that, yeah, I, I know there's going to be a, probably a big thing shindig before at, um, at Blackheart with the new patio, which is open, by the way. Um, so we may, have to, we may have to record a podcast in person at the patio at some point here and before it gets too uh, cold, guys. So, yeah. FYI. Uh, all right. And then anything, anything uh, MJ or Jess, you guys want to talk about with the U.S. team at all? Um, looks like it, they brought in a pretty good roster. Um, Gio Reyna is obviously not on the roster, but he's still injured. Um, basically, they, 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 they brought in a couple interesting kids. Um, uh, kid from... Um, Miami, uh, Carmenas, he's got uh, Argentinian blood as well, uh, who can be called by the Argentinian national team. And then um, this Lund kid who um, just filed a one-time switch from the Danish national team to the U.S. He's a left back. So I think we'll see some interesting lineups from, from the U.S. Um, both these matches. So Yeah. Uh, I hope uh, the young defender uh, – Who's playing in Belgium right now? Mark McKenzie. I hope he gets some minutes. Um, it would just nice like to see what he can do. Um, anybody you you guys are interested in seeing uh, get some playing time? I, I want to see Florin Balogun score some goals in front of the Wonderwall. That'd be fucking cool. They brought they're bringing in a, a really strong team. I think that's that's the important thing. Um, when we had the Gold Cup a couple years ago, that team wasn't a, a full A team. Um, this is a full A team that they're bringing. I mean, minus injuries, yeah. obviously, but this is a, a very strong team that Greg Berhalter is bringing yep. in. So it'll be interesting to see what Berhalter does on the on the sidelines. So, um, yeah. So all right, and then the, the last thing, unless there's anything else from uh, the U.S. team that you guys want to 
discuss MJ? Uh, uh, they they also are playing Uzbekistan um, on September 9th. So that's coming up this set Sunday. So Saturday. Uh, Saturday afternoon. Sorry, Saturday, Uzbekistan in St. Louis. At 4:30. Uh, so come to the come to the Black Art, watch that game before the Loons game. And then you, you get a chance to see some of those U.S. players that will be here in St. Paul taking on Oman. So. Yep. Cool. All right. And then we don't do this very often, but um, we got some fucking answers. We got some questions yeah. from people. Um, first off, uh, uh, Tim McLaughlin asks, is the revolution without Bruce similar to the revolution without Prince? I think that's a reference to Bruce Arena not being with the revolution and oh, Prince. I didn't know his name until there was scandal, so I guess not. Okay, fair, fair enough. MJ, any thoughts on that one? The 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 revolution will be televised. <laughs> okay, that's not an answer. I'll give you uh, Tim. I will give you an actual legitimate answer. Um, the revolution without Bruce have been pretty good. The revolution without Prince are pretty fucking good. So I don't think there's a difference between the revolution without Bruce and the revolution without Prince. So so you're that was yeah you win. Yeah. Okay, and then like we got some questions from Hot Dogs here. Uh, besides buffets, what are MJ's other favorite foods? So besides buffets, what are your other favorite foods? I mean, we don't have we only have two minutes to answer this question. <laughs> this is such a horseshit question because Why? buffets are not a type of food; they're a way of serving food. So, but yeah, my favorite foods are like Indian, Thai, and Mediterranean, and and yes, Korean foods up there too. But I would say, if you look at the frequency of what I eat and what I cook, it's more Indian Thai, Mediterranean, I guess Mexican. Like those, those are the, the types of cuisine that I eat most frequently okay. and enjoy. And I can acquire the spices and the other ingredients to cook. So, and yes, I've been to Mexican buffets and Thai buffets and Indian buffets and Korean buffet. So like- And they're and all Mexican delicious. Buffets. Christian, you have joined me at at least two different Mediterranean buffets. So you know that buffet is not a kind of food. It's a type of serving food. Horseshit question. All right. Um, here's one for you, Jess. What are your number two and number three selections for karaoke? Oh, well, I don't know. I'm, I feel like I need to master um, Four Non Blondes, What's Up, before I move on to numbers twos and threes. But I would consider, um, um, what's that one? The duet where they go, um, the meatloaf duet. Does this paradise by the dashboard light? Yes, that one's for you, Christian. That's going to be number two. You're going to do that I, duet with me. With I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm not going to lie, Jess. I will definitely do that one with you. I know that one. So. I actually know both okay. parts. I know both parts by heart. So, um, all right, you're in. Okay. Uh, all right, and he has one for me. Why do I play keeper and not midfield or striker? Uh, Christian, the answer to that is that I didn't start playing soccer really until um, about five years ago, and I have no endurance, and I was always <laughs> a goalkeeper growing up. So, uh, I realized playing uh, with the sickos that I'm not actually terrible at soccer. Um, in terms of being able to control the ball and dribble and things like that. So if I had started playing soccer when I was like five years old, I would probably be a midfielder or uh, a striker and definitely not a goalkeeper. So that is your answer to that one. That's actually why I like sickles because I can play out and not play keeper all the time. Although I do like, I am kind of a crazy person, so I do enjoy uh, being a goalkeeper. Because you got to be kind of, Kind of fucked in the head to be a goalkeeper, generally. Yeah, so. for real. And then the final question is, should we expect a charity celebrity futsal tournament this year hosted by uh, Atman at uh, Minnesota Sickos? And when, and uh, spoiler alert, I am working on, I'm working on that. So um, we shall see. No, a, 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 a futsal, a, a charity celebrity futsal tournament. So I'm, I'm working oh. on something. So. Um, and then awesome. our final question is from uh, our friend, um, uh, Le Cribs, Andy Schletz. 
he asked, why does my left nipple itch when the seasons change? And I'm not going to answer that one, so I'll leave that one to MJ or MJ and on. I Listen. think it's because his left nipple is probably hairier, and so when the wind blows or his shirt rubs a little bit, it's it's catching those hairs, and thus you feel it more. But there's just the same amount of friction on your left nipple as there is on your right, Andy. Don't worry. Yeah, there, there's always one nipple that's hairier, you know, and yeah, I might be speaking from experience. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, there you go. There you go, Andy. Um, maybe you got, too, you got you got too many purple nipples when you were a kid, so your 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 left nipples are a little more sensitive than your than your other nipples. So, all right, that'll bring us to an end. Please rate and review the podcast wherever you get it. Um, at TDIKMN on Twitter. I'm at Texas Zeller. Uh, MJ is at MJ Matsui. Uh, Jess is at Jessica144083. Niner. Niner, two. Um, <laughs> please come visit the, the Sickos on Saturdays at noon over at Hamlin Park. Um, come say hey to us in the stadium when you see us. And uh, yeah, this is the Dave Dino. We are Dave's. All right. I know. Yeah. We've been the Dave Dino. This is the Dave's I know. As you do yours, land here, become fecund. Yeah, uh, we, we yeah. do our thing, son. Through the act, we attract two, hope to reach one. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be we, done. Uh, we, we do our thing, son. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all.